Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Cheers, fellas. Hey, cheers. And welcome to James Bonding. Yeah, happy to be here. Cheers. Cheers. My name's Matt Gorley. Oh, my name's Matt Myra. And before we introduce our guests here today, Matt, I have a little surprise for you. Oh, you do? Yeah. What is it? Why don't you turn to your left and pull up... One of our brand new James Bond merchandise shirts. Hello. Now, pigeon double take, which uh, occurs in Moonraker, when a pigeon reacts to a boat on land, it can't believe it. So it does what's actually really a triple take, but we're calling it the pigeon double take, which is my vote for the worst moment in James Bond history. And if you look closely on the largest pigeon's eye, there's a hidden Michael Wilson reflecting in his eye. Very tiny Michael It's unbelievable. And, guys, we have Matt Gorley's vote for the worst moment in James Bond history, which is Kananga Balloon. Which is when Kananga is killed with a shark air pellet that blows him up. <laughs> Your into guess the sky. is as good as mine. He floats very high and explodes. That's right. Sure. You a can human get those... exploding or a pigeon reacting. <laughs> they are at podswag.com slash bond. And they are a soft tea, and I'm very excited to wear it, man. Thank you, Kyle Steed, for making those. And Thank they've you. been millennialized by adding a hashtag. Well, we just want <laughs> people to vote. I actually looked at those online before, and I think they look better in person, to be honest. Ooh, that's quite this an is, endorsement. Yeah, this is a quality I'm, I'm being honest. Who are these uh, people endorsing these gifts? Well, it's time to meet them. In fact, just before this podcast recording... Well, the old band was getting back together. I used to be in a band called Townland, and we're playing a little again. Who knows where this will go? But Jeff Crocker from Super Ego's here. Hello. Daniel Michikoff from the Tijuana Panthers is here. Hello. And just for fun, we've got Matt Moust from the Cold War Kids. Yo. <laughs> All fans of the Living Daylights, which is our subject for this evening. Oh, nice. It's the... Uh... I would say pinnacle of Timothy Dalton's career. I because he's only got two <laughs> peaks. He's got a beginning and end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can mean, I he's s- got this and hot fuzz. Can I say That's something? Right. Uh, not too long ago, I went to IKEA here in Burbank with uh-huh. my girlfriend Michelle, and she came running up to me because she went ahead and she was in the lamb section. She said, "I just saw, I just saw, I, I saw James Bond," and and I thought Daniel Craig's in IKEA. <laughs> This is amazing. Unlikely, but she, I'm on board. Uh, yeah. It was like, that's can't. So I was having, I was having a hard time processing He was getting that. furnishings for a Spectre apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, so my second thought, uh, when she said no, was uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan. And I think that's the same keep trend. Going. The same sure. yeah. Yeah, order and I would go. And then she said, uh, no, no, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Penny Dreadful. And I went, no. And I ran to the <laughs> lamp section. 
and he was, he was talking to his wife and his glasses were at the tip of his his oh, nose like you would imagine were. them to be and he was talking very eloquently about the lamps and uh, michelle my <laughs> girlfriend said that that at one point because i don't know if she was staring or but they they connected and i have actually connected uh with two bonds and seen a third i've Ooh. seen three bonds in real life who i saw daniel craig at ikea wait what and connected with them not daniel no. craig sorry. <laughs> so, uh, timothy Dol- dalton <laughs> Tim Don, um, Timmy, I saw Timmy Pierce Brosnan at Disneyland, and I I connected. Oh, oh my god, that's the happiest day full, of my life. Full beard, oh, gray yes. too. It's yes. really gray. He's got gray hair. Yeah, right? he yeah. Does, man. Um, and uh, Tijuana Panthers were invited to a YSL show mm-hmm. at the at the Palladium, and uh, Daniel Craig was sitting right across from me. Well, I don't right think I knew this. I think I sent you a picture. Oh, I like. Yeah, he was sitting right across from me just because i don't know why i had front row seats at this fashion show uh i'm not a person that should be wait when you say ysl you mean yves saint laurent yeah well i was gonna joke that you meant that but no well he he uh what's his name i don't even know his name tom ford hetty no uh hetty lamar (laughs) headley (laughs) no uh uh uh, anyways he it was his last show and um he's really into the burger records bands and um he he liked to just kind of grungy people Uh hanging around so wow uh so two more sightings and you get bingo bondo absolutely because you get a free one in the middle i get to be in in the next movie i think if you uh make eye contact with every james bond we'll send you a kananga balloon shirt well (laughs) (laughs) do your bond eye contact scavenger hunt go Roger Moore is going to be tough. Uh, yeah, well, that's why it's a great giveaway. We don't have to lose that much merch. <laughs> well, we're, we're here tonight to celebrate the life of Timothy Dalton in the living daylights. Guys, what's your first experience? Matt, you were saying that this is your first Bond in the theater, is that Yeah, right? my, my dad took me and my brother to see it. I'm probably, I'm get, I mean, I'm guessing I was 10. What, what year did it come out? 87, I think. So yeah. I was even younger. I was, I was born in 79, so I was... No, yeah, I, can't, I can't even do the math eight, on that. Well, you're not required. And I remember my biggest memory was, well, I remember seeing in the theater, full price, which is not like my dad. You mean like at night? You didn't go <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a matinee. We went at night. I think my mom even went. We all went. We were rolling to Bond films. I'd already seen a couple like on VHS. Did your dad spring for concessions? Uh, we, he, we might have snuck in some hot dogs. Okay. <laughs> That's the kind of background I That's have. That's about right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that, I'm not lying either, but, uh, you know, brought our own Cokes in, but, um, I remember I, I was really into the wonder years at the time too. Sure. And I was like, to so my brother I was like, she looks like she's a Diablo. Karen yeah. and she's the sister. Yeah. And, uh, still looking for a t-shirt with her on and I'd like to wear. Uh, she's like my favorite. That my favorite was bo- said yeah. in a menacing tone. <laughs> That's true. Did you ever see the doc she did about Bond girls? Oh yeah, no. She made yeah. a documentary about Bond girls. She made a. She made yeah. a doc. Yeah. She wow. interviewed a lot of Bond girls herself. Oh, cool. It's yeah. worth a watch. Guys. It is. Yeah, I'm interested to hear more about that because I had some thoughts about this. We'll get into it later. Okay. About the the oh. idea of right. feminism. You know, they were pushing for it in the 80s and i think they just kind of miss they did what they could at the time it seems yeah yeah Yeah. i'm I'm not making excuses for it it's just like they did they did make 
a step forward in a sense because they right. tried to make totally. it monogamous. But yeah, there was a very he's not specific quite. part where where it's like I think they're making a point. It could go either way, but it's like ah, it's just. Not well, I don't think yeah. their, their names were filthy in this one either. No, right. And there's yeah. only some mild sexual assault. <laughs> which for a James which, Bond movie is uh, amazing that they got away with that's love no grade. small feat yeah. it's a great yeah. leap Jeff what's your first experience with this film with this film uh, 23 hours ago no really? way you've never no. seen it I've never seen it <gasps> oh, how nice that must have been but the first the, I, I do having only seen License to Kill uh, I really like the Timothy Dalton Bonds uh, quite a bit yeah, um, if that if License to Kill, which is your first one, and you go to this, that's probably a step up, I would imagine. What do you think? Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. Um, yeah, but I was just, I didn't want to answer for him. No, <laughs> but I mean, we have to know. Yeah, you got to know, right? Uh, super fun. It, yeah, it's a it's a fun, ridiculous Bond movie with a, a lot of things I expected and a lot I didn't. Hmm. I gotta say, Maddie? and we'll probably save this for when we give our rating uh, between. Zero and 007. Yes, yeah, so start. That's thinking. how we rate our films oh, here yeah. on this program. Uh, I enjoyed this even more I than did the too. last time I watched it. I liked it. I was pretty high in my esteem last time. Yeah. It came up a level for me, too. Yeah. I really had a good afternoon today. I just really enjoyed the... That was sudden a menacing tone. <laughs> I enjoyed the twists and turns. I think that this one has a great plot, like yes. a good espionage story. Yeah. And when you actually pay attention, which I don't always do to the plots in uh, these movies... Understood. This right. one actually, I think, does basically hold up. And it's got some almost some John le Carre. I might mm. be saying that just because I'm getting into that guy yeah, lately, yeah. but it's, it's the closest to that. I found that I was noting more than anything that... The concepts behind a lot of the stuff happening in this movie was great if the execution wasn't perfect. Yeah, it wasn't So always. a lot of the stunts, I really appreciated the concepts behind, like the, the, the ideas behind them, mm. even though they weren't necessarily executed perfectly. Well, now you got to love this, and we'll get to it when we get to this part of the movie, but the bridge explosion at the end is all foreground miniature. Oh, yeah, it's great. With live action in the back. But at that point, there's been so many weird planes and tanks and horses <laughs> and ladies and... Mujahideen, <laughs> that you're sort of like, oh, miniatures, great. All right. <laughs> what else? said with a menacing tone. Yeah. We all get one. <laughs> Who am I rooting for? I didn't know at the end. I know. <laughs> I know. That is the one problem with this movie we'll get to as well. My first note on this film is, let's do this. <laughs> well, it opens with uh, your one of your favorite cold opens. Yeah, that's true. It's in the upper can, 25%. Can we, yeah. can we back up sure. real quick? Yeah. Even further? To the beginning? To Timothy Dalton's weird ass, I definitely don't have a gun walk into the beginning of the movie. Yeah, because it's probably already in his hand, right? Oh. Is it? I don't have know. you guys rated those yet? Who's no, got the best Bond walk? Stay tuned. We have a lot of podcasts to oh, do yeah. and a lot of things to rate. Because I got to say, Timothy Dalton's not that great. Really? His turn and shoot, I don't find it very menacing. Hmm. Nor do I find it particularly efficient. I can't. It's a big swing out. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a big a, swing out, and yeah. that guy's swinging one arm only. Yeah. He seems like right. you can see the gun coming a mile away. Yeah. Terrible spy. Mm. I was talking about this earlier. With Matt. Like He it seems very classically trained in theater and Shakespeare and, 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 and dance or something. Like His walk feels like he's, he's every step is specific. He is. He definitely is. In yeah. fact, a great film to check out is The Lion in Winter with Peter O'Toole and Catherine Hepburn and he plays this young French Prince Philip mm. and he's like, gotta be like 20 in yeah. it or something and it's really funny to see him in that thing playing kind of a stodgy 
prince. Oh, cool. It's like a regal prince. Um, all right, so this this opening sequence, that yeah. shot when they all jump out of that cargo plane, the three of them, and they kind of like the choreography of the way they unfold their bodies and then all end up head down. Yeah. That, that, it's that awesome. gets me going. It's awesome. You know what? Like, I feel like that's totally ruined by the fact that I feel like M would not have loose papers. <laughs> in he would the have planned to have cargo bag yeah. for yeah. some well placed paperweights. I also yeah. gotta I don't say, mind that. I can don't you mind really that. not be away from your desk for however long this flight is? <laughs> <laughs> I understand yeah. that you're in charge. Imagine of how his MI6. wife feels. Like, I, if he's bringing that work in the airplane, imagine what he brings home. Their bed is full of, their is bed is a ridiculous. desk. Ridiculous. Yeah. But there's something so visually satisfying with those three men. Like coming out, and it's like you know, like a shuttlecock, like in badminton. Sure, how do. no matter way which way you hit it, it always kind of like noses down. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. There's something about that that satisfies me, like how I imagine some people like to listen to people whisper on YouTube. Uh, uh, <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, the or, or, or a- ASMR. Yeah, or they chew bananas. It's like a wait therapy. What? Yeah, yeah. You, people yeah. have like trigger words that they want people to whisper. We talked about this on Pistol Shrimps Radio last night, but some people just do. I'm doing an unboxing video, but I'm doing it at this level. Yeah. This is a Sony AR-10 Walkman. But are they doing that because they are doing it because they have a tick, or is it because it's, people like that? It's more like, it's people, a whole subculture. That is people, people really people. like to hear you. What if our, what if our numbers go through the roof now? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get a whole new demographic. <laughs> but I, is, I don't know this, but is there some kind of sexual fetish to this, too? I, to I have been is. explained recently that it's not weird. By and, someone who likes it? Yeah. Well, that tells and, you. Uh, and anyone I, who likes anything will explain it to you by saying it's not weird. Well, I, right. But I'm not going to say this back to anybody. I mean, it, it, I don't know. I guess there's so many people that it is somewhat normal. This is the problem with the internet. I'm going to say it right now, everybody. You all thought you were weird and didn't talk about your thing <laughs> yeah. because you didn't know anybody else who was like you. <laughs> yeah. You're still weird. Doesn't matter that you found 8,000 people like you. You know what's weird? Being normal. Yeah. Wait, what? Norm- <laughs> Normcore, right, boys? That's right, boys. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> all right. The- okay, so they're parachuting to the Rock of Gibraltar. Yeah. For Great. a training exercise. What a, what a, also, first, even the opening shot after the gun barrel sequence that Iris is out on this like beach with... Belgian Gate barricades. It looks like a war zone, and you see the Rock of Gibraltar in the background. Mm-hmm. Do we know it's a training exercise? Not did did I miss that? Right, no, we do. Oh, yeah, the beginning does say it's yeah, a training exercise. Yeah, I, yeah. I does it feels timeless too? Doesn't it feel like um like it could be? Yeah. It feels like the sixties, but it feels like also, the opening of an Indiana yeah. Jones movie yeah. where sort of the Paramount Mountain fades yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say? Oh yeah, Matt. I think I was just going to agree with the timelessness. Um, I noticed something that I've never noticed before, and I may be making this up. Is this a gloft? No. It's not a gloft. Okay. All right. The way that they reveal the three double O's that are doing this thing Mm -hmm. goes from like goofy looking to almost Bond to Bond. And it does feel like they're leading up, like giving you tastes of like, here's this almost Monty Python faced guy. Yeah. Yeah, He looks like one of the guys that, it looks like Terry Gilliam and... Um, Holy Grail with the coconuts. Like yeah. he's got uh, this weird mouth. Yeah, and then they go to this guy who almost could be Bond. Yeah, not bad looking himself. Yeah, but then when you see Dalton for the first time and they zoom in on him and he turns around. Yeah, come on. Well, I how think could you not like that? Put him. Yeah, that's the yeah. wink, wink, nudge, yeah. nudge of Cubby Broccoli. He's like, 
why don't we put the ugly ones in? <laughs> and they'll see what a good job I've done. <laughs> I'm going to make pasta later for everybody. Have you got... Sorry, I know you don't do... Uh, I, I know you and Ian Fleming are in the same room at the same time. You never met the man. But has Ian Fleming... Um, talked with broccoli because of broccoli <laughs> well i just debuted my broccoli impression just now <laughs> yeah, but that's I, weird that you stepped out of the room just now oh yeah, yeah. well i mean he wait cubby broccoli's dead guys i don't understand why you <laughs> well so is ian fleming then he i never well, really seen cubby broccoli guy. where was he right now where was cubby broccoli i don't understand i just oh left he came second. in here he that is in, crazy yeah, no he, he was in. here i mean there's, was, this is unbelievable. i'm wondering yeah. if because he was here i was wondering if he he left so fast, I was going to ask him, have you talked with Ian Fleming before? Matt, where are you going? Hey, yeah, uh, how you doing? Hey. Oh, it's Cubby Broccoli. I think, this is I think amazing. I, you know, from time to time, I, 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 I see him. I see him around. <laughs> We're in the same place, which is purgatory, I think. Who do you see? Ian Fleming. I got to go. How are the delicatessens there? <laughs> Let me tell you, this will you do all some, stainless steel. Will you do some <laughs> asthma for me? Will you just like... <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say ass work? No. <laughs> well, you know what? We let's, don't do that in Perg. Oh, okay. You know, I like, a, I like a nice, handsome-looking fella to play James Bond. That's why I thought in this movie I would show you a couple non-handsome fellas. You People sure you'd see on the street, you'd think, oh, that guy's kind of attractive. But then when you see James Bond, you know. You know. You always open with disappointment and end with satisfaction. Yeah, I like to finish it off, you know? First I like to cast, then I finish it off. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, the the cubby broccoli two step process. You know what? Uh, I gotta go. Michael G. Wilson's calling me from beyond. Hey, come on. <laughs> well, I'm back too. <laughs> what, did I, what did I miss? Uh, Guys, that's weird that you keep leaving and leaving your guests here. <laughs> well, like, I mean, we, we have to, to go to the bathroom. We're not yeah, like yeah. camels. Does this opening sequence contain the only? 007 jump scare with the monkey? What is with the monkey? I, I can't think of another James scare? Bond jump scare. That's definitely, it is, is definitely it, a jump sorry, scare. I meant to ask, is it the only jump scare? There's got to be Going another. back in my brain here. There's got to be a cat at some point in the 70s. Right. Wow. Oh, is there one inspector? Is it like a, a, a raven flies out of that snow cabin or gotta something be. like that? Yes, when he goes to find white. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the hmm. monkey theme seemed so specific it's that a real i deal. thought i was like oh the classic james bond monkey scare like <laughs> they they left that in for the new dalton bond they wanted fans to understand nope Some it's continuity. a new face but we still got those classic james bond monkey scares you know i always say give the kids a good scare oh Wait, monkeys Monkeys are the best I'm, way to do it. I'm recalling like an octopusy, like a bunch of birds flying and scaring at one point. Oh, oh when he's climbing yeah. the uh, in Fear Your Eyes Only, when he's climbing the outside yeah. rock ridge well, I'm to like, get the, to the, the one with the tower. big yo-yos, the saw yo-yos, an octopusy. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's a bird there, scare there there's too. There's a bird scare with like when he's going into. That's right. But I think right. jo- But I think they they hammered it with the score, right? Because don't they like yeah. in this they like oh and they, they did. did. Yeah, I don't. John Barry's like, this is my last one. I'm, I'm going to have some fun. The also the thing that's interesting about this opening sequence, it's almost entirely nonverbal for Dalton. He doesn't mm-hmm. speak until he gets on the phone at the end. Yes, or until he speaks to her. That well, woman. what does he say? Uh, She'll call you back. Something. Yes. <laughs> he says Bond, James Bond, Bond, James um, Bond, differently, and I feel like he's like, I'm going to say it differently. He throws it away. Yeah, he, throws yeah. It away. he, he does toss it away. Yeah, and. There's a, I would say this movie, the most is made of his martinis. 
I would argue that the most is made of the tuxedos because he's wearing a tuxedo in probably eighty percent of this movie. Really? Mm. Well, it, a lot he of goes in. He's a lot of it's cello culture. Oh, yeah, right. cello culture. <laughs> exactly. That's another popular YouTube channel. You know. Viola culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cello culture. Cello culture. I was a little like uh, there was a lot about Timothy Dalton never in the opening where. I had expectations uh, watching it again, and like I'm like, why is this guy trying to take over and kill these agents? It doesn't really. You, get so resolved. you didn't catch that it was a training exercise? No, I did. Um, the guy who ends up killing the blonde him. guy. Oh yeah, uh, the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just the, they don't explain why why that's happening. He's right? a quality henchman. Yeah, he's good. But he's not he's not overly comical or anything. He's yeah, just, he's a forgotten the henchman, one with but the, a quality. Yeah. Oh no. No, oh. no I'm no, no, talking no. just the beginning, the just of the smeared spionum. But guy. I guess there doesn't need to be any ex- any explanation or connection to the movie. But you find out later it's, what that is. You do? Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. fact he even brings that tag back. The tag on the carabiner. Oh. The tag on the Did oh, you I watch see. a different movie? No. Uh, this is the one with Daniel Craig, right? <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> Did you uh, watch Bright Lights, Big City? Uh, <laughs> yes. No. Um. Yeah, but the I do like the annoyed guards who keep yeah, shooting at the too. guy and are like, and then hey, you're, hey, you're, dead, you're dead, mate. Oh yeah, you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna stand in front of this car and, and shoot all my paintballs at just... you. He pushes him out of the way. Get out of my way. Your car's supposed to stop. I shot you with three paintballs. <laughs> I want to talk about those paintballs because as a kid who grew up playing paintball, that was like, that's like a paint cannon. There's like powder <laughs> huge. too. They're like powder and yeah. paint. There's What is going on there? Well, I mean, I think they just have to visually make it more. I understand that. Yeah, they I just, just really wanted to sell it. Yeah. Matt. I just it is disappointing to... when you, if you only see paintballs in, in films and televisions and then, and then in televisions. <laughs> You know, if you look inside the TVs, they're in there. Sometimes you see a paintball. They're in there. Uh, but if you if you then go in the real world and, and use a paintball gun, it's never what you want it to be. That's true. You know, yeah. especially if you're using like a sidearm and it's got the little tiny pellets. Mm. It's not a lot. Mm. So the the jeep, yeah, stunt is the first time I thought, oh, this is so much fun. It's a great concept and kind of poorly executed. The jeep blasting off the ramp off yeah. the cliff fantastic and then everything else a little iffy well that's including the great mean. concept of the rip cord launching you out the back of the jeep i can tell you a little bit about that so they originally oh. were going to shoot that by dropping an actual land rover from a helicopter at mm-hmm. two thousand feet in the mojave desert with a live stuntman on it that was going to then fall f- away from it and parachute away why are we in it? the mojave desert because the only place they can drop it. Only place you can drop it. Oh, yeah. They, need they to didn't get the clearance over. for the Gibraltar. <laughs> this is where they're going to test it. Ah. So um, it didn't work, and it the parachute didn't open on the Jeep, and it Poor flattened guy. into like a pancake. They show it in the documentary on the special features. Um, so they ended up doing a radio controlled release dummy, and that's what you end up seeing. So they launched the Land Rover with a cannon off the cliff, mm-hmm. which looks great. Yeah. And Dalton was jet lagged. I watched that the extras. He was super jet lagged because he just got approved or whatever. He just got oh, off Brenda Star. Yeah, and he was like really anxious about doing all those some stunts and everything. He wanted to. Yeah, he yeah. wanted to, and, and he, he did was, most of them. Yeah, yeah, that that was cool. 
He's good. He's good. Yeah. He, I, I, he gets a bum rap, I think, from... He gets a lot of respect from us. a small, like, but resolute group. Yeah. But then he does... He gets swept under the rug like he's just another Lazenby. Yeah. Yeah, he and just... I don't think it was such fair. a weird in-between time, though. If you're coming in between Roger Moore and, I mean, the illustriously hairy uh, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. Uh, if you're coming in between those two, it's just... It's too much. You can't handle it. I mean, you think about you think about Lazenby. He had the fucking short yeah. end of the stick. He came between Connery. Yeah, but he yeah. didn't do himself any favors. But Dalton, I feel like, does get short shrift, and he's, I I think even maybe more than Daniel Craig, closer to Fleming's Bond, or at least was trying. Yeah. I think aesthetically, even I think. his yeah. face is so aerodynamic. I know. It's, yeah, it's so chiseled. <laughs> like it's so like it looks like it can. Yeah, he looks. He's like very. Uh, yeah, and you could swipe a credit card in that chin closed. Yeah, you know, <laughs> or put a weapon. Yeah, hide a little weapon. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite shot. That's how. Yeah. That's how we checked out at IKEA. We uh, <laughs> did. Um, he accepts did he debit. Declined. Do, did he want to do more, or he what? was going yeah. to? He was going to do they, a third. Yeah, they were really no. They got caught up in and, uh, in legal trouble. The film, the franchise, the did. Distri- the, there was a problem with the distribution rights. And Cubby Broccoli took everybody to court, and it was a whole thing. So they had to Whoa. wait. They had to wait six, five years, five, six years. I think so. And if you look online, there's a treatment of what the third one would be, and it was kind of like China based. I think. Well, it was the it was to it was to go over the transitioning of Hong Kong, handing it over to right from Britain back to China, which yeah. was the happening in the nineties. Yeah, and they were uh, going to use James Bond to do that. Yeah, here's your key. Seems somewhat. <laughs> That's well, I mean, it would have been probably as great as the uh, 2012 Olympic video where uh, James Bond protects <laughs> the queen oh. and those corgis. Are you not a fan? I loved it. <laughs> I don't remember that. You don't? Oh, it happened. Like, she's in it. The queen is in it. The queen she's... and Daniel Craig. Yeah. <laughs> and she skydives. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't, but a double. Oh, oh yeah. I Says you. That. Yeah, you'd That's be surprised. Right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. who knows? Um, Wasn't there also something about Dalton possibly doing bond earlier and yeah. didn't happen he was asked when yes. he was in his early 20s and he himself said he was too young oh like around the oh, yeah. lazenby time yeah oh yeah that's right he said that in the, the like a long time ago for her majesties right yeah and then they asked him again around this time and he couldn't do it because of this movie brenda star and then they got delayed because they went with brosnan and he got pulled back to right. remington steel and by the time that had happened dalton was available so he flew right in on the heels of Brenda Starr. I would have, I would have loved to get one more uh, Dalton, and then mm. yeah, the, the the two Bros, and then the two Brosnans that I like, and then Daniel Craig. I don't yeah. think you're going to find any supporters here. What? What? <laughs> so what would a so how how old was Dalton when he did this movie? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I don't know either. Late 30s, maybe? I'm sorry, what podcast is this? <laughs> oh, uh, it, this is a podcast for James Bond lovers, not experts. This oh. is uh, Keith and the Girl. 30, I'm guessing 33. You think? Uh, 33. I say, I say 38. So the question is, what what Roger Moore movies would he have done, and how would that have changed? Had to, would have been View to a Kill, would, right? No, he would have started with Live and Let Die. He was Oh, he was going to go. On, yeah. That or if they did that movie back then, so 46, he was born in 46. This was 87, so he was 39. Wow, wait, or 41, 41, 41, 41. 41. pretty good. He's in Toy Story, it's called James Bonding, not James Mathing. He's the bad, um, 
Isn't he one of the three? He's like a theatrical toy. Like he's an oh, actor that's toy, that's right? Lovely. Yeah. Who I haven't the, seen part three. I don't who's know. The, who's the, the Russian that they, the pipeline with his name? Uh, oh, it's the Koskov? guy from The Fugitive. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys notice that he's uh, Milos, the tennis, the terrible tennis player in Seinfeld? Oh, oh nice. nice pull. It's a really good one, yeah. Nice. And a very different... That's amazing. I did not put that together until just now. I'm pretty sure. I could no, I think you're 100% correct. Yeah. That's amazing. And Remember Whit- that guy? Whitaker well, I have a confession. Oh, no. Isn't Whitaker... Joe Don Baker? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, JDB's in... He's in uh, a Pierce Brosnan movie as yeah. a Russian. Twice. No, no he's, he's, he's the American. CIA. He's a CIA guy. He's the non-Felix okay. Leiter the, Felix Leiter. Right. Yeah. And he uh, is in two Pierce Brosnans, which I think is so crazy to have put him in yeah. a movie. There, there was only one movie in between where right. he wasn't the villain. Two. Uh-huh. I thought it was a KGB one. License to Kill. Oh, he's in Goldeneye. He's in Goldeneye. He's in Goldeneye in um, Tomorrow Never Dies, right? Yeah. He shows shows up in Russia. He's like Bont's Russian liaison. No, Russia liaison, but he's an American. In the strip club type place, right? Yeah, he goes over to see uh, Mimi Rogers. Not Mimi Rogers. (laughs) Mimi Rogers. (laughs) Mimi Driver. Mimi Driver. He's the type of guy in that movie that wears a Tommy Bahama shirt everywhere he goes. Yeah. What do you guys think of the theme song to this film? Love it. Yeah. Like uh-huh. It yeah. They just recently did an unplugged. Like, uh-huh like, like MTV style, old school, but nowadays unplugged. What? And they there sang the song. There seems to be no reason to do that. I don't know. What? It's fun to watch them do this song. I watched I watch the extras and they, they do the making of the music video and interview the band and... It's so dumb chills. Like, the band <laughs> dumb is... Dumb chills? It, they just are being such a band. And there are moments where the other guy in the band starts talking and no one could follow what he's saying. And the other guys in the band are looking at him like, what, what, what do you say? Yeah, apparently John Barry didn't really get along with them. For oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> well, he seems pretty curmudgeonly anyway. In a yeah, way. What do you guys think? Do I, feel you like like that, I feel like the AHA lead singer, not a, not a, little a cool full dude. Of himself. Yeah. Not a good guy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Comes a morning <laughs> the lights fade away. Tiny eyes. Yeah, he does have tiny eyes. Yeah. Get tiny larger eyes, dude. Eyes. Um, but he's, he's better looking than me, so. Oh. Did I? You know what I did? I skipped the, I skipped the opening credits on this one. What? I was, too hot for you? I watched it was like three times. I rewatched it. I did. It. I did. And I skipped the opening credits. Why? I put it on pause. I was trying to, I was trying to cram this movie. <laughs> have, you guys, have you guys ranked the opening sequences? The title sequences? The opening, yeah, the title, title sequences. sequences have not been ranked yet. Not yet. Good. I, let me just uh, editorialize. This opening sequence is garbage. <laughs> it's yeah. not great. Yeah. It's one of the worst ones, if not the worst. I don't remember the license to kill. It's one. just kind of, it's not very memorable. The license to kill one has a lot of photography in it, and is a little stylized. Yeah, yeah. This one is not. In fact, I don't. I watched it today, and I don't remember it. No, it's like a lot of shitty cross processing, optical printer bullshit. Oh, but that's that all of had, them. But they had no money for this. You could tell. So no, it's that's just, all it's just of color them. filters. No, no. Splatted on. They had that's money. They had what they had was the same guy doing it for years who was probably just out of ideas. John Barry. No. I, I got to say, he ran out of ideas. Yeah. Probably. I remember, uh, I remember years ago running into you, Gorley, at the uh, LACMA. At the, do, do you remember the James Bond, like the, the title sequence yes. show? Yeah. They had a big room with every 
title sequence That's on TVs at the same awesome. time going. It was the greatest and dumbest. It was, show <laughs> it was kind of a letdown because yeah. you got there and went, wait, I just put these on the yeah, DVD. Like 20, <laughs> 20 all they've yes, done. but do you have 20 televisions, sir? No, I don't. Thank you for oh, waiting. My it, was Carver. Hot. it was pretty hot. Um, can I share that Matt stars in one of our music videos as a, it's a title sequence spoof of the James uh, so yeah. Bond there's three mats in the room uh, Gourley right. <laughs> um, it, the song's called Nobo check it out N-O-B-O N-O-B-O Tijuana Panthers and uh, yeah, what uh, what album uh, Wayne Interest hmm. and I made a Legion record I play it's a, a good ja- one a Jaws type yeah yeah and I play Scar Among <laughs> but and with I have a scar. scar that's right yeah. 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 yeah by the way I think I mean we're jumping around I'm gonna jump around because he said just said Scaramanga, but I really love the end of this movie, like more than the final Scaramanga funhouse fight. I love the war room. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I me love too. The war room yeah. fight. Absolutely, I think it's so much fun. It is. I liked it better this time. It still feels like a bit of a anticlimactic ending to me. A little. Sure. We'll get to that. Well, yes. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, let's talk a bit about Saunders. His helper at MI6. Most British. Yeah, definitely. He wins the award. We like to give out an award. Uh, who is the most British person in the movie? It's Saunders. I I really felt for this guy this time, and I was sad to see him go. And I, I love this character for some reason. This guy really spoke to me this time. <laughs> Well, you know what? It's it's really like when he's when he's first interacting with Bond, you're like, "Oh, this is why I don't like this guy." And then this time around when I was watching it when he finally helps Bond out and is at the diner, I'm like, "Oh, this guy, he has a character does, arc. He's got he some redemption. A, yeah. He does have Which a penchant. His sidekicks usually don't have a character arc. Right. And not only does he come around to Bond's way of thinking, you can see him looking at Bond like kind of like, "Do you like me now?" <laughs> and it's very endearing and sad when he gets killed. Uh, You're talking about the, the helper, the d- double O. He's not a double O. He's not o. a double O. He's a he's a he's kind of a bureaucrat. He was two yeah. days away from becoming a double O when they oh. met in that cafe. I I text text you. This, that's the one I'm talking about. Um, my girlfriend and I were watching it, and uh, she she said she wasn't paying attention. She said, "Sounds like Peter Dinklage." Oh yeah, Saunders. Uh, yeah, he, uh. the, his his voice sounds like him. And then I closed my eyes, and I uh, it went away after a while. But the very first part when they're up in the balcony together, yeah, definitely, yeah, I liked him a lot. It, this he has a a possibly horrifying moment where uh, the whole opening takes place, and they have to get away with uh, what's the general's Koskoff. name? Koskoff. And he's already thrown the book at James Bond, saying Section Twenty Nine, Paragraph Two. Uh, you're not allowed to know what the escape route is. And two minutes later, James Bond has taken his asset, given him the gun. Huge gun. Thrown. <laughs> he, like, barely, barely can hold it. Unhideable gun. <laughs> Throw the book back at him, taken off with his asset, leaving him just sitting there. Oh, now I have a gun. In an alley. In an alley. He in, left him in an alley. In Czechoslovakia, a communist-run Czech Republic. Yeah. I love the look and feel of that. Oh, it's great. Po- like, there's something with the cinematography. Yeah. I, I got to get me one of those Dalton jackets, too, where you just pull the collar up and Velcro the tab around, and suddenly it's I a mean, sniper. I mean, if costume. you're going to snipe, I know. <laughs> why not wear a tuxedo that a, turns into a functional sniper outfit? A Timothy yeah. Dalton tactical tuxedo. <laughs> also, couldn't, 
When when Koskov gets to the door, shouldn't Saunders be there with it, ready to open? Because he gets there and they're like, he's going to have 10 seconds, this yes. guy's going to get killed. But yeah. Saunders is upstairs, waits to hear a knock at the door, and then runs down there and fumbles for the keys. And like, help the guy out. This is the... It's such a giant Walther, this this sniper rifle. Yeah. Like, it seems so impractical. It's got one of those things that's like so beefy. It's got a bipod that is on the top of the barrel yeah. instead of the bottom. And then it's got a scope and a separate, like a laser sight in those days was the size of a like 1940s flashlight. They were huge. <laughs> I love I love this knowledge you're bringing. <laughs> well, I'm just looking at the thing. <laughs> well, sure, you what, sure. What sure. I see. Uh, but it seems like a gun that James Bond would not need at that range. Probably not. No, it seems it, egregious. Yeah, seems I like it because you never see that gun in any other movie. Really, that's I true. Can't think of another one. That's a good-looking gun. One of the my favorite parts about that this whole sequence, I guess. That I feel like this movie is moving at this point. Like there's a yeah. lot of action from the cold open to the sniper to the moving to the getting him in the pneumatic tube. Mm-hmm. Um, a plus title drop at the end of this sequence. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. A plus. I think it's the best game. spoken moment of a title in a James Bond movie. How Maybe, many are yeah. there? Oh, they say Goldfinger constantly. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Doctor No. Uh, from Russia with Love is written. Thunderball's a code name. Uh, you Only Live Twice, Mr. Bond. That one's pretty good. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spectre. All the time. <laughs> Honor, Majesty's Secret Service, Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, live and Let Die. Is dare it? I say it's, Quantum it's of casino. Solace. They don't say Royale. Live and Let Die. They never said Live and Let Die. Uh, Man with the Golden Gun. That's implied. <laughs> Spy Who Loved Me. Taken for granted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moonraker. Yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. Doctor, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> for Your Eyes Only? Then For Your Eyes Only, darling. Yeah. They do say that. That's a title yeah. drop. A View to a Kill. That one's pretty good. It's Mayday and Zorin. Yeah, but, up on the... but it's not James Bond saying it. Yeah, okay. that's what I was going to say. This right. one's got James Bond close up. He must have scared the living daylights. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pretty good. I loved it. It's pretty good. Yeah. You know what he, I also love was he's driving in the car and he says like, M will fire me and Bond goes, if he fires me, I'll thank him for it. Yeah. What is, this is a new side of Bond this that's is, like this is a, self-destructive, no, but this that's is Fleming's Bond. Bond. That's yeah. the Bond that's just tired of this shit. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, sorry, everybody. I'm ruining everything. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is the... This maybe this is the maybe this is the closest we ever get. Besides, I think early Connery. This is the closest I think we get to Fleming's Bond. I agree, except for Casino Royale. Yeah, but sure. But they Dalton was pushing it to go that way. You can see the movie gets cold feet at times, like when they have the Russian girl in there, like the the utility worker girl, mm-hmm. mm. and then there's another part that gets a little too you, comical. There's a there's a part that I. I the cello case. Oh, that was insisted by the director. Uh-huh. And even, like, Cubby didn't want to do it. I don't think Dalton wanted to do it. And then finally John Barry is like, John Barry, of all people, goes, you know, I have a cello case. Sit in it. See, people can sit in it. Okay, we'll do it. Oh. Like, that's what you needed to prove? I mean. I just didn't know if it was big enough. <laughs> I gotta go. Did I miss anything, guys? You just t- took a nap real quick. Yeah, I was just a little cat I dozed nap. off. I'm very tired, man. <laughs> um, but the... I mean, it's great. This whole oil pipeline cleaning situation to get the guy out. 
I love it. That's Odyssey, great. Troll. Good Cold War espionage. Yes. Uh, everyone reacting to uh, what sounds like a rocket rolling through that. I mean, there's a lot of great reactions. Am I wrong that there's a shot of the pipe and it shows it has a forty or like a ninety degree totally turn? True. Yeah. yeah. Like, how is yeah. that? Yeah. I noticed that. It yeah. goes like this. Yeah. How's that gonna work? Crazy. And of all the... that might work for oil, but what country is the pipe in in that Brosnan movie? The world is not enough, or the oh, to, oh, it's in the world is not enough. Yeah, it's fake. like. No, it's in the Isn't real. It a fake, it's country? fake country. No, wasn't it? Wasn't um, it cool if they crossed over somehow? That that was. But these are. This is an oil pipeline, isn't it? Never mind. I digress. I wish he was like. I wish Christmas Jones was like. Have you ever been on one of these? And he's like, No, but I once sent someone. On <laughs> <laughs> so there's this whole sniper thing. Yeah. They get the guy. There's a car chase. They take him to the oil pipeline yeah. thing. They put him in the pneumatic tube. Mm-hmm. And then, like, great, this is going great. We're we're moving. What? How about a Harrier? <laughs> I know, we have access to a Harrier. The cake. Fuck it, let's put in a Harrier. <laughs> this is pre True Lies too. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a vertical takeoff on a on a fighter jet. Still is very impressive to me. Sure, yeah. can't not enjoy that. Yeah, but I feel like my brother told me as a kid that would have been the wrong plane, right? <laughs> no, a Harrier can do that. No, I mean a Harrier, but it wasn't an American plane. No. Harrier was okay. It, it was, was funny, yeah. But it then they, they loaned you it out your brother to right Americans. now and tell him he's full of shit. <laughs> I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking of the Top Gun planes where they were Russian planes, but they were oh the oh, Mig, the yeah. Chinese Mig, yeah. Wow. We sure, watch, we used to watch it the same day. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> we were inverted. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> those, were, those were American planes yeah. with, with red stars on yep. them. What uh, other <laughs> what other fighter jet uh, film festival uh, films did ta- you watch? Um, Iron Eagle. Oh, I watched Iron Eagle a couple times <laughs> that day. Yeah, that, that, yeah. You closed it out with six hours of the right stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, good night. Thank you all for listening. It's been a great James Bonding. I just want to point out that the safe house they go to is the Bladen safe house after oh, our own James, James Bladen. Bladen. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's great. Uh, Q uh, looking tired. A little bit. His Is this hands the first are time we're... how big, man? Well, as we know here on the show, because the first film we watched in this series was Goldeneye, and his hands were enormous. <laughs> that is the baseline, and uh, this is pre-Goldeneye. I'm going to give it a Goldeneye minus 1.5, but they are especially big compared to Goldeneye, even. I think you're going a little soft on his hands. I you feel think like they're as big as Goldeneye? a minus 1. I'll give you that. All right. It's a Goldeneye we'll minus say, one. Well, 1.25. Desmond we'll Llewellyn's hand. Yes. Did not notice his hands. Very enormous. 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 see his hands. All I, could, all I could see was that they were using Joe Don Baker's life cast to test all of the weapons, and it was so distracting. Oh, the, Wait, the, the were ghetto they? blaster? Is it? it I the saw. I know Joe Don Baker's in the movie, and I see him staring at me like, that's ridiculous. No one would use that dummy as their test dummy but i'm not sure why they would have joe don baker's life cast well they get to the end of the movie or i guess the middle when you first see his hall of generals and it's a bunch of joe don baker castings this is gonna have to be re-watched no michelle pointed that out to me she's like that looks like a real person or that looks like someone familiar that's weird that you're saying that now. It was so distracting because it wasn't just like some sort of foam dummy or mannequin. Yeah. You're talking about when the ghetto blaster shoots. Yes. Yeah. And okay. then every, every... Something for the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm bringing it up here. Hold on. 
I, I gotta say, money, money, penny, money python, money oh. python, money, money penny. This is a great money penny. She's, money penny. Uh, I, I wrote down. Um, uh, she's she's got a Noah Bombach way about her. I don't know what that means. Uh, I was on an airplane when I was watching it. Did, did, does that make sense to any of you here? Yeah. Like the type of yeah. g- person girls he yeah. uses in his films. Like a Greta. Girl. Okay, I just want to yeah. say that I googled this and. What came up is the actual music that's playing on the Ghetto Blaster in Living Daylights. Oh, finally! Wow, it's this the mystery has been solved. Video is called Ghetto Blaster: The Living Daylights Music Found. For years, I wondered who wrote this piece of music, used not only in the Living Daylights but also Creep Show Two back in 1987. Wow! It comes from comes from the DeWolf Library, and it's called Sacred Heart by Chris Blackwell. Please make sure you go to the DeWolf site and download a copy for yourself. For all you Bond soundtrack Jesus. completists. Can we make sure that gets on IMDb trivia? That's insane. Is this, is this the when has everybody gone? No. Song? No. No, a different song? Oh, that song does a... play a lot. Yeah. In fact, that not that weird that that is Necros's like, like pumped up assassin music? Yeah, like every he's time, he, listen every time to he strangles kill? someone with, uh, with the headphones, it's always that song. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Milkman, yeah. The, that, yeah. Pretenders. And that's worked into the score. That's not, all right, we're checking this out on YouTube here. Okay. This all isn't right. great I didn't resolution. mean to derail. I like Q's lab here. Yeah. I yeah, like it's, it. it's, it's very futuristic. Cool. Oh, it's too hard to tell. I don't, I'm not sure that's him. It's, he's got his body shape, though. <laughs> For sure. I can imagine Joan on Baker. When is a new spy going to be having a... With a mm. metal blaster, like I, holding it. Like well, a, he said that's for our American friends. Oh, that's yeah, he's odds for our American friends. Hmm. Right. Well, it did come in very handy in Beverly Hills Cop Three. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that I when don't. Axel Foley's in the theme park and he's got the uh, right, the uh, weapon that he bought from Serge. <laughs> Serge. That's when George Lucas has a cameo. Yes, he sure. Well, George Lucas has a cameo when he gets uh, cut in line. That is so uh, strange. And he goes, oh. It's pretty good. Oh. I was going to make Star Wars. Oh. Speaking of Money Penny, it's weird when Bond slaps her butt. Like, it doesn't feel right with Dalton. Oh, yeah. that's like the moment where you're like, oh, they were trying. They but were, yeah. They missed some stuff. It's like ADR sexual harassment. Yeah, because I saw Andy, your wife's Instagram. You guys were watching it with the subtitles. Well, I told, no, I oh. told her, I said, oh, you got to see this. It's ridiculous. It makes no sense. And uh, for some reason, our Roku turns on the subtitles for the last like five seconds that you skipped back. And so we just saw the subtitle slapping buttocks. <laughs> For some reason, it's fucking brilliant, though, for the Roku to do that. Because usually you're rewinding something because you're like, "What? wait, what? Yeah, where was I? Yeah. You have to send us that picture. We can make it the uh, We can episode. make it the picture for the episode, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. of course. All right, Andy, don't forget to send that uh, picture. Okay, so we got a new Money Penny, same M from oh, the previous movie. I have a question for you, because before this, right, he's in M's office, correct? Yeah. He goes in and the... the 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 yard tool picks up his gun. He has to take it out. Does oh, that yeah. all happen? Oh, that's Adam's that house. Pl- plate? It's not his house. They're Isn't at a it? safe house. The Bladen house. Oh, the uh, Bladen house. Yeah. But th- there was a moment when he's when he's talking with them, where I thought this this is this Bond stands out different from all the Bonds. The way he's playing this scene of uh, he's like, you didn't shoot the sniper. 
Um, oh or, right, or, or, or you yeah. didn't. You yeah, didn't shoot he her. speaks back to Craig. Does that to Ray Finds a bit, but that. But, those but are... I feel he does it differently. Like Inspector Craig, is, like is almost like towing the line in a kind of snarky way. Yeah, um, and not really meaning it. Whereas like here, he's like, I'm telling you, sir. Like, like he's really trying to like say I'm, I'm an honorable. Like convince him. Like this is this was the. I don't know. There Maybe was he's that bitter because out. M sent him on an errand to pick up a picnic basket at Harrods. Department store. Did you find that to be weird at all? <laughs> I didn't. Like, here's did. a list of M wants you to pick something up at Harrods, for, and then for, he comes with a picnic basket of like goods. Bollinger champagne, the or the most expensive. Yeah. yeah, that was strange, but funny. It was Anyways. a Dom Perignon. Was Sorry it? to rewind, yeah. but th- that that moment stood out to me. <laughs> no, listen, it, this this podcast is for moments that stood out to you. Thanks. You're doing a great job. Right. I think we're all doing a great job. I like the rake, by the way. Yeah, that what whole a, scene is what good. an unnecessary like, device the r- for a place that has a oh, guardhouse. The, yeah. <laughs> the rake radar. You're, you're, a place that has a guardhouse. The rake. Why guard? must your radar look like a rake? <laughs> you're not like trying to hide the fact that this place is under protection. We're trying to keep a low profile. Like, you're you're clearly you're clearly. Doing something official there, you don't want weapons in. You don't need the fucking gardener to be the guy that takes the gun. We must, we can't upset the neighbors. It's we ridiculous. must muddle on. No, I won't. I don't. I, it was that part I enjoyed. A, I was like, oh, it's fun. It's in a rake. And then I was like, wait, why the fuck is it in a rake? And then, you know, you I did it. like, I did enjoy the butler. I love that fight in that kitchen. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, he's like a he's like, like 007. Yeah, he's probably like 001. Yeah, and he's like, uh, I'm just gonna work at the Bladen House now. I've done my bit for Queen and Country. That he he put up a fight with the milk grenades. <sighs> yeah, love it. Yeah, who does this? This movie keeps grenade. delivering set piece after set piece, and they're not even huge moments necessarily. They're just good, kind of interesting little twists and stuff. I love that he's like a like. He's kind of like a bro. Just his, his he's just like so oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. My my other milk guy's deliver. He's got the flu. Like he's just kind of like a young yeah. broy kid. Yeah. Where you're like, ah, oh, this fucking guy. All right, going through. Uh, I will say though, when he gets out of the water, and that's Speedo. Yeah, it flashes of Daniel Craig. That <laughs> yeah. was quite a yeah. bod. He's a dancer. That guy's a <laughs> ballet dancer. Fucking, he looks like it. And want to yeah. make sure that I caught the sequence properly. Yeah, I'll he's tell a you. he's a runner. Yeah, and the milkman stops. And he strangles the milkman. Yep, with his headphones. With yeah. his headphones, very important. With, with the song. With yes. the song. This, this <laughs> guy. If this guy. If this guy had made it to 2017, he'd be so mad at Apple for taking away that headphone. Oh jack. my god. Oh, that's right. That's he how I kill have, people. He I'm gonna have kill to you like, with AirPods. I mean, I can't do make that. you swallow you think about it. They're lodged in your throat. Yeah. Apple yeah. is disarming global terrorists. That's oh, right. Oh, Good point. Nice. So he kills the milkman. Very sure. sad. Yeah. Man had a family. Uh, and we then, don't know. so now he's in a he, milk cart, <laughs> and at some point fills it's a the milk, milk bottles. Tuck, tuck. Yeah, it's a milk tuck tuck. Yeah. Milk milk. Milk tuck tuck. I'm not gonna. Milk tuck. Then he fills right. the milk bottles. Yeah. With grenades, explosives. Well, what I imagined is it's some sort of chemical that reacts with milk. Can we ask Cubby <laughs> Broccoli? <laughs> well, see if I can get him. Matt, where are you going? Look, uh, I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> oh. So it's like whenever I have milk, it's like a grenade in my belly. It's like an belly. explosion. You know oh, what sure. I mean? 
So I says, I says to everybody, it's like, what if, what if the milk blew up? Because oh. it blows up in, it blows up in me. Right, but what, what so did like you know? No, I gotta tell you, I every, every other day, it's they're getting me a new trailer because I cannot lay off the milk. I love the milk. Gosh, stepdad, that's a great idea. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. You, you know what? You're doing me proud. I gotta run. All right, where's Barbara? Barbara, watch him. I gotta go. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I gotta assume it's some sort of chemical. That's I just assumed he had a stash of pre-made milk Disagree. nearby. Well, that's your right. He has some sort of packet of chemical. Okay. Oh, so you're saying he was he he knew the root of the milkman. He had been watching. Yeah. And was ready with milk grenades. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Great. Okay. Moving on. He was doing all of his surveillance with a backhoe. This is why we have to throw out our water bottles before we get on. Oh. That's true. <laughs> Someone at TSA watched the living daylights. <laughs> Can that really happen? Holy we shit! We can't take that chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, this. But I mean, it is. I do like how quick this butler is. The butler's my favorite character in the movie, by the way. Really? Yeah. Do you think if he spoke, he'd be because I think the most he's like, British? I mean, he does speak, but you can't really speak, get it. He does speak, but it's not, it's not enough to like really hone yeah. in on his Britishness. Yeah. But like, I feel like he's a guy who takes his fucking undercover butlering very seriously. Very seriously. Yeah. Like, he seems to truly be the head of the household. It's like he was... He, he, the butler walked into that kitchen... And the milkman scared the living daylights out of him. You know who I love is the stenographer who gets wrapped up in the whole thing and has to go with Koskoff to the helicopter. (laughs) Like, you don't realize in the beginning he's the guy taking the stenography. And in the very beginning, when Koskoff gets up from the chair and moves around the room, he picks up the microphone and moves it towards him. Like, whoever the actor is is very diligent with his role. Like, this is what I would do. And then this just poor court stenographer gets pulled along on a caper. That's really every court stenographer's dream to go along <laughs> yeah. in a caper that you, you get action. out of. Um, but I think the the whole gas line thing, I just I think they buy it too quickly. Everybody there, this whole get the gas line out, and I feel oh. like they should all know the butler's voice. Mm. I don't buy that this blonde guy can do a great impression of our favorite butler. Well, let me tell you something about that. Oh, okay. So his voice, when he's at least English, I'm not sure if it's the whole film, but at least when he does the English accent, is a ADR dubbed voice. Mm-hmm. And that guy also does another voice of somebody in the film. $10 right now if you can guess who. Timothy Dalton. No. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. You just threw away your fucking chance at $10, yeah. bro. Uh, this is going off IMDb, and I don't know how I stumbled across this today. Um, Anyone else in the film... Wait, whose voice does it? It's just, just this voice actor okay. does Necros the Thug's voice when he's doing a British accent playing the milkman. Okay. He's he's dubbed. It's one of the guys at the beginning saying, Are you supposed to be dead? <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you. Oi, lay down. Are you supposed to be dead? You're not playing fair. I'm going to go up the chimney. <laughs> it's the parrot. Oh, you know what's amazing what? right now is I was That's going to I, that I, was I was going to ask about the parrot, and I was wondering if I had dozed off because you thought <laughs> because, there's more to it. You know, than that? when you devote 
I don't know, 60% of the frame of a feature film to a parrot for any amount of time, that parrot better fucking come back in the plot. That parrot better say a code word. That parrot better tell you who killed somebody. The parrot needs to do something. That was a superfluous parrot. And for that, I am giving this movie one demerit. Like an actual double O demerit? I'm giving it one demerit. Meaning it I have goes not from decided like... what that means. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, this is a new, I don't know. a new unrating. Yeah, we'll call it a demirit. <laughs> That's demirit seems apt. Uh, all right, let's. We go into the town, and he's getting Kara Malovi away from the KGB. Olivia Diabo. Yeah. Okay. I like. No, this... she's the Noam Bubak one. No. no. But she kind of is too. Mary M. They both are. Wait, which Mary one's M. which? Olivia is the Wonder Years. Yeah, right. This is Mary also M. in a Noah Bumbach movie. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God. Which one? Which one follows me on Twitter? Oh, oh, Jesus! We're gonna find who out just right now. Tosses guys. that. Uh, out. Who Humble, follows you on Twitter? Humble Humble right? Humble yeah. no, 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 Whichever no, no, one you no, ran yeah. into at the IKEA lamp section. She probably saw how uh, cool I was about parrots. Uh, it's Olivia. I'll be damned. What? Oh, Wonder Years. Yeah, the Wonder Years one. Okay. Well, we're that phone? close. Can I see your phone for a second? You want to you you DM her? You want to DM her? <laughs> oh. She's only got 12,500 followers. Let's get Olivia Diabo some followers, guys. 13K. She does a great job in one of my favorite Star Trek The Next Generation episodes. Which one's that? She plays a, she plays a Q. She doesn't know she's a Q. She thinks she's human, but all of a sudden she has all these powers. Wrong podcast, buddy. Oh, sorry. I'll see that. Uh, tune in to After Trek after uh, <laughs> Star Trek Discovery on uh, CBS All Access. We're live this weekend. By the time this comes out, uh, we'll be live next weekend, too. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, uh, go check out the music video Nobo featuring <laughs> Mag Orly. I love plugs, guys. I love plugs. Uh, check out James Bonding, the podcast <laughs> that we used to do. This is a very appropriately punchy podcast yeah for the time of night it is for the amount of drinks you've mixed up that's true and i feel good about it yeah this bond was the 80s bond that's right totally it Uh, should be a little bit more sober and straight sure he was afraid of stds but he is smoking indoors cigarettes which i liked to see again yeah because i feel like our buddy uh roger rarely smoked just cigars besides a cigar yeah uh pierce brosnan never smoked except a cigar Mm-hmm. And Craig should smoke. That's what I think. I know it would be nice. He really to see should Craig smoke. How much money do you think was spent on the war model? That's very what, interesting. Not really? not as much as you think. Yeah, yeah. You don't think so? I'm it's always a little bit in darkness, or like. Are you the, saying that it's not as high quality as someone like say you could build? Well, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, probably. I love this. Jeff works in that kind of pickets charge. Do you make maps for villains? <laughs> yeah. I do. Oh my god, we found him. Uh-huh. That's the guy. I've done a lot of a lot of good maps, a lot on um clear acrylic. I do a lot of etched acrylic maps with edge lighting, LED edge lighting. Uh so you're saying I could maybe monitor a pipeline with one of your maps? You could monitor a pipeline. I've done some of those yeah. uh using a ferrous backed material so you can have uh, magnetic markers. I'll thank for... you never to say ferrous backed in my home. <laughs> Fair enough. Man and man. Man and man. Podcast.
Earwolf, more like Fearwolf. Okay, get ready to quake in your headphones because Earwolf podcasts are getting extra spooky this October. Listen to How Did This Get Made, the canon and cracked movie club dissect spine-tingling horror classics all month long. And watch out for special spooktacular episodes of Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast, The Cracked Podcast, and Who Charted? Or should I say Boo Charted? James Bonding is not scary, so we don't have one this month that is of the spooky theme. Live and Let Die is a little scary, but it's too late for that, huh? Yeah, it is a little too late for that. But it's not too late for the scariest thing of all, 80s drug dealers. (laughs) License to Kill will be coming this month. (laughs) Check it out at your local this. Let's talk about this thing where she, they get her away from the KGB, where I used to watch this film and think, oh, this is kind of dumb. But today I really watched it, and it's a good move, where she goes to the phone booth. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, it, it disguised as a cello case. But the train actually passes with enough time where she could probably get that coat off and the hat, put it on the cello case, and then walk to Bond's car and they drive away. Have a That's cigarette. That's a good little espionage moment. Espionage. Yeah. No, I think this movie is full of good spying. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard. Like I, I, I always say it's hard to find a good spy in a James Bond movie. <laughs> it is surprising. Really, no, it really is, it, is. is that the point? Yeah, well, I, you know, he's actually behind the eight ball a lot more than he should be as the world's greatest super secret agent. Do you feel like yeah. each, the first of each Bond actor's movies is the peak spiness and then it slowly drops mm, off? Second for that's Connery. That's an interesting maybe. That's an Maybe interesting second for question. Connery because my memory of Goldeneye. You think he's peak spy in, in, in From Russia with Love? Well, that film is peak espionage. I don't sure. know if he is. Well, I think um, Dr. Just, no, he's pretty you're good. You're just getting wooed by the lectern machine. Hard not to. Yeah, well, I, I understand what you're saying. That's yeah. as espionage as you can come. You want to crack the Russian code. Both of Dalton's are pretty espionage because... Mm, no, I don't count License to Kill. Why not? He's infiltrated a, a, a whole drug ring. He's know, undercover. He's, That's... he's not working for MI6. I know, but... He's gone rogue. As soon as a James Bond goes mm. rogue, I'm I'm like, buddy, you're not being a spy. You're just being an asshole. You're not you're not into the rogue nation. You know, I but like that, yeah, because but he he kind of does that here too. He was saying, M was saying, I need a spy who follows orders, and he's like, but I follow my intuition. Like he's yeah. making it clear, like yeah. And at the end of the day, I think M knows he's got the right guy on the job. He knew he was right. you. Yeah, right. right. That's what I'm saying. Isn't that also what Casino Royale's about? All Craig's, he goes rogue. He, yeah. he is yet to. He's fucking, nothing but rogue. He is yet Casino to Royale just do a goddamn totally mission. <laughs> he is yet to just fucking show up at the office, read a file, and go and do it. And it's annoyed me since day one. Yeah, but we do love him on this podcast. He makes some great movies, and uh, I bet he can true. bench the most. <laughs> <laughs> this movie comes close to having another relationship bond. Mm, Would yeah. you say you got Vesperlind, you've got Tracy? Is this like the third closest to Well, I think because Paris he Carter? spends he spends each act with her. But it's more of a serious thing like she's like almost has an innocent love for him I, that I he have doesn't a question because he doesn't he doesn't know uh or she doesn't know that he's a spy and he's kind of putting on a character right yeah like he's playing some and then they go to the the concert together 
And this is something that stood out to me was like his bond seems really just giggly. And it's a charming scene in and of itself. But as James Bond, he's really just kind of uh, dorky and giggly with her. And I can't tell. Is he playing I a think character? That's his, honestly, I felt like that was him playing the part. Like at the carnival? Yeah. 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 Well, the, before the carnival, but then at the carnival. And I thought it was great, but... Uh, it almost like took me out of it. Like, whoa, he's really James Bond is really being. I don't see uh, him as as Bond playing the part because what does he have really? to gain? Because he he thinks she's in love with Koskov. Yeah, I think they're actually because they have a moment where they kind of hold eye contact when he's pulling her off. I think like the carriage taxi that they take. Oh right, and they have this little moment where they kind of smile at each other, and I think that's to show that even though she's with someone, they're kind of actually falling for each other. But I'm not sure if I'm. Right. I think he's playing a character, and he's 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 taking it easy and trying to get her to fall in love with him, but maybe a little bit starting to like her too. Are we maybe finding? I agree. Film has ambu- ambiguous levels. Yeah, that we can interpret. And I want to get to one depth. later that I I think is. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. All right. You want to uh, just do that now? I think when he buys her the dress, when he buys her that yeah, that, that thing that B. Arthur would wear. <laughs> when he buys her a big stuffed animal too, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, he Windsor. wins her one. Yeah, wins her. And a there shooting There is gallery. something undignified about seeing James Bond on a tilt a whirl, though. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I, that, I just feel like we missed this completely when we did our theme park episode. Oh yeah, that's true. Wow. Because this is James Bond at a theme park. And we've just the Living Daylights yeah. theme park. Yeah, we should have just had the, like a tiny section called Living Daylights, and we just put all the rides that are there. That's right. Look at and this picture. There's I a door that may or may the, not. And kill all the you. people who sell balloons wear like the yes. and play that music out of their hundred percent. He smashes the balloon and it scares him. Oh, I yeah. feel like it really is. He really does scare. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. I don't think it's supposed to break, but I, it probably was. But he's very alarmed. Yeah, he was good. This is why I think Bond Definitely. as a character is not acting his love. <laughs> we will post this photo. You got to post that. You said, you said, no, you posted it, right? I you put it on an Instagram yeah. story, but is that not adorable? It's Look pretty, at that. It's pretty tender. T- Tim, Tim, don't swipe But that's, right. what I'm, that's what I'm getting at is if he's not putting on a character, uh, this James Bond's kind of dorky. <laughs> well, like he's yeah, giggly maybe. and f- fragile. Yeah. He's business, he's a spy. He's got a job to do. He's Dan. a theater dork. Yeah. <laughs> you know what they He's got <laughs> Cameron Shaw, the the like Mujahideen leader, says yeah. sorry for the theatricals, it's from my Oxford days, which implies like he went to Oxford and was part of a theater troupe or something. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, I don't totally. know if he means like the theatricals of the decor of no, his he, tent his, or no, he was I putting on his character. Yeah. 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 Oh god, I love that. Um so did we skip the cello case? We did. We did? We skipped the... Didn't we... Didn't that chase happen... Before they get to Austria oh, and ride the You're carriage. Right. Yeah. He borrows the Aston Martin or he takes it out for a spin. Yeah. Uh, which is built with all kinds of things that work perfectly for this specific chase. Uh, that, and that's what I love about a James Bond movie. That, the wheel hub laser is oh, yeah. the logistics of... The design and implementation of that, sure, we'll let that one go. But the fact that it perfectly cuts a Czechoslovakian highway patrol's chassis off of the wheelbase is preposterous. And he also doesn't touch the tires. My question for that is, uh, (laughs) is, where did that laser stop? (laughs) 
Did that just, thing just keep going like a five-barrel yeah. laser? 16 farmhouses in the countryside. That, yeah. Like the laser in Congo. Which, by the way, is the thing I would have, most want to have of any movie is the laser How dare Congo. you speak to us like we all have seen Congo? <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at us like yes. that is a it's household is, watching every Everyone is. knows the laser from Congo. It's, it's powered by diamonds. James Congoing. Well, that's the only Leonardo DiCaprio, right? The no, diamonds. No, 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 no. Is no. the Czechoslovakian police car, is it, a, is it a Trabant, I believe? Oh. I want to say it's a Trabant. It's one of my, I think it is. Wow! Check you can check my facts. I believe that. I love Trabants. And I, check and I, just the, those those specific sort of eighties Eastern European yeah. car. Like they call them Tabbies or Trabants. Yeah. yeah, I really like those the cars. Are great. They're great. They're like they're like two stroke really engine. Weird looking. It really quickly to match cat. your Olivia Diabo moment. Yeah, I went to college with the girl that played Coco the gorilla in Congo. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's just. I mean, that's terrific. It's not bad. I think we should have a Congo appreciation night here. That's not a bad idea. Everyone, we're going to watch Congo later. I'm down. Is this a like I'm a down. Michael Crichton thing or just the movie Congo thing? Uh, really, it's just that laser. I think the movie's terrible. Hmm. I just like how powerful that laser is. So just like a laser gun film fest? Yeah. Moonraker. Yeah. Moonraker, yeah. Congo. Your. Star. And I'll, oh, I'll, your. I'll allow the, I will allow the Aston Martin. Sure. I also thought it was a nice update of the DB5. I love this Aston Martin. This uh, is one I would like to own. And I yeah. don't mean... I think of all the Aston Martins. I looked Martins. it up. It's very expensive still. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. What's uh, one well, with all those now? skis on it? Yeah, uh, You're looking at, at, at six digits. Easy. It's what? a pain in the butt. Fingers? Digits? Well, it depends. What is your finger worth? If it's worth $10,000. Yeah. Wait, is that all? $10,000? No, you need to lose all your five fingers. Five digits. Oh. You need to lose all your fingers. Oh, jeez! It's a hundred, hundred, a hundred to two hundred thousand. I was seeing them for. Wow! Is this the Vantage or the Vanquish? It's the Vol. It's the, the Volant? Uh, Volant. Oh, yeah. Oh. I don't know my. But cars listen, very you well. got you got you got a lot of fun gadgets in here. You got your laser. You got your laser wheels. Yeah. You got your outrigger. Right. Yep. You Don't got, forget your missiles he used earlier. Sure, you got missiles Shit that ton show of missiles. up on a Fog heads light up missiles. display. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Very nice for also, the time. He, she still doesn't know he's a spy, so he explains <laughs> that he got optional extras. Right when he purchased his. Aston well, she Martin. knows he's with, like he's at least a diplomat or a bureaucrat yeah, or sure. something. Yeah, uh, it has um, spiky snow tires, which yeah. is great. Very traction, handy. increased traction, of course. Uh, rocket motor. Yeah, that was a great rocket, rocket motor. motor. Yeah. Uh, that was a fun James Bond. Like yeah. scene with totally. that car, and it's forty does, minutes does into the movie. Yeah, yeah. Does does it have ski, it's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Hmm. Uh, it's the worst jet propelled car I've ever seen in my life. Like the flame is such a dud. It's a got flame. a bit of that Batman yeah, syndrome where Batman the flame thing. goes up uh, instead of out. yeah. I would right. just be so angry. Oh. It's would, it's an effect. It's not. Functional. No, like, the first get time it, they but tried I the stunt. to look functional. Yeah. The first time they tried the jump stunt, I guess it was so cold out that the valves on the air cannon that launched it were frozen. So it did what the, what's the name of the car that the Czechs drive? I believe a Trabant. The Trabant, what that does in the film, how it crashes into yeah. that shack, the Volant did. Oh, Wait, wow. Volant and Trabant? Maybe. <gasps> oh, I need the fact. Or is it like a Volar? Volare? 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 
always Dun. fuck up this car. Trabants to Eastern Europe in that time is what Priuses are to LA now. They're, everyone has right. one. Like, mm. I just watched the movie Gorky Park, like you do on a Wednesday. And uh, the movie just, just has those because they're in Soviet Russia. Mm. And they're yeah, everywhere. I love those cars. You get, yeah, you gonna maybe get one? Do you think? There's a there's nah. I don't think it's way not worth it oh. to get one over here. But I think I think they're actually illegal. It's, it's a two-stroke engine. Oh, geez. The body's made of fiberglass. It's like a lawnmower. Yeah, they're they're terrible for the environment. Oh boy. Matt Matt hey. Mosta's art and there's a lot in this movie with the with, in check that remind me of your artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I even took a screenshot in the beginning right text before text and typography, text and typography, mm-hmm. multiple like. Uh, well, I'm in, I'm in the Cold War kids, so it makes sense. It's a very Cold War movie. That's oh, right. Yeah. I forgot how yeah. relevant this whole thing is. Yeah. Oh, you, you got the name for Cold War kids because of kids playing in. Um, uh, I went to like a, a statue. Yeah, outside, Soviet, Buda, outside Budapest, I went to like a statue park, and there was these. Which in Goldeneye. Wait, this is how you got the name Cold War Kids? Because you were there and you saw kids playing around? Yeah, well, there's, there's a place. I think it's called Statue Park, it's outside Budapest. And it was a couple bucks. You can take a bus out there. And they're just all the statues they took out of the city are kind of in a big field. And you can kind of climb on them. It and, makes me think of Goldeneye. When they oh, meet, yeah. When they have that archaic. It's very much that vibe. All the Lenin yeah. statues. And in in oh, the video wow. game, too, you go to one of those and you could go up to. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Wow. I just assumed, and probably most people do, that it was because you guys all grew up during the Cold War era. Yeah. But that, I, that I, works, too. I always like the motif of just. The Me propaganda too. Look at that, um, tray right there. Oh, it's nice. like a RCA radio yeah. tray that has like missile trajectory stuff yeah, on that's, it. That's, that's, that's good looking stuff. Oh, got it. Um, yeah. How do you guys feel about the cello case thing, though? How do you feel I'm, about the gag? I'm f- I'm fine with it. After like Daniel Craig and listening to this podcast, like I'm a little more snobby about things like this. Are they sitting side by side? Yeah, yeah. I I'm feel like they, I feel like it should be more of a log ride. Oh because, yeah, like the Matterhorn. Yeah, a cello is not that big. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. They, they don't have very big asses. It looks awkward but, side by side. Yeah, if they should if they were doing log ride thing, I would have been a little more on board. But I'm fine with it because there's. Enough in the beginning. What do you think about the Stradivarius getting a bullet hole? Yeah, I like that. That I like that. I, I like the payoff. I the think. End. I yeah. think the the spy that James Bond is would mm-hmm. have tossed the cello. Who cares what it is to escape being riddled with bullets yeah. from both sides yeah. of the border? I agree, and I think only because does he is, does he know it's a Stradivarius at that point? Yeah, the Lady Rose. Yeah. Then he knows he knows not to throw it away. But I like that, like every Stradivarius has its own origin story and its own name. And now there's this one with a bullet hole in it, and it makes it all the more special. That's yeah. a prop I'd like to have. Yeah. Oh. Oh. You sure. don't have enough room here to I'd add make a cello. Room. I'd make room. We could shoot all these. Yeah. We could. My my only problem with that scene is it. This movie came out in '87, and you've got like Back to the Future and like what Indiana Jones and all these great movies that just kind of pull scenes off like this better fail attraction are you talking about the raft scene in temple of doom uh i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) well you know what i'm saying like as far as uh yeah i know back to the future is believable well this is like spielberg's even though it's not super sweet spot 
And it's hard for John Glenn to pull something off like exactly. this as well. It, that's what I'm saying. It, this would have got more points if this movie came out like in 81 or 83. Yeah. But 87. But not 82. Like, Fuck that year. Nope. Well, it reminds me a lot of the ski scene in uh, the Roger Moore one when they're skiing. Um, <laughs> Is that For Your Eyes Only? Yeah. Or Man with the Gold. It cuts to Beach Boys music all the Oh, View to a Kill. View to a Kill. Yeah. Snowboarding. Yeah. 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 Hmm. It, it's it's uh, fun, but it's a little out of place. The Stradivarius cellos, you're looking right now, if you want to pick one up, you're looking between 6 and $20 million. Yikes. That's All right. I'll for. do it for 6 but I'm not... That's <laughs> I it. think with a bullet hole, you could probably get away with 6 I wonder if that would up it or down it. Like if James Bond super I feel spies. like you're like your super collector of uh, rare handmade, you know, instruments yeah. from the 1700s are probably not <laughs> looking for James Bond props also. Uh-huh. You are the middle of the Venn diagram. I'm happy to be. All right, let's... We're already at an hour 15. Listen, there's not a ton that act. Honest to God, there's not a ton in the middle of this movie that even needs talking about. There's, I, there is the, when Felix Leiter picks him up. How do you guys feel about this Felix Leiter? He's on the low. That's post assassination. He, he looks like the dad. So far. Sorry. Is he the dad from yeah. Seventh Heaven that no, had from the Lost. legal tr- troubles? Oh, he's from um... the legal troubles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, the dad that you know had legal troubles with young girls who were very young. The reason why I said that way is I, I don't really know. I just somebody flippantly mentioned that, and I, was, I don't know I don't exactly. That I didn't look he's, it up. He's, Point he's is, Jack's he's, that dad guy's from not Lost. a great guy. He's Jack's who? Dad from Lost. Oh, da- yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's pretty cool for eighties. Well, listen. Yeah. Okay, so the I girls. we haven't not yet talked about uh, Davies, John Reese Davies. Um, Every time I say John Rhys Davies, I end up saying John Ross Bowie. Um, <laughs> but yes, John Rhys Davies. I love. I love whenever there's an Indiana Jones yeah. actor crossing over into your James Bond yeah. franchise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I find him to be likable He's in great. everything he does. You know, mm-hmm. Denholm Elliott could have made a good cue. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've only ever read it. I've never heard it pronounced. I've always thought of him as Denholm. <laughs> Probably is. Did you see that email that we got where someone busted out all of the pronunciations on how St. John becomes Sinjin, but like Fandon Bingdon Shah becomes Fan Shah and all that stuff? You know what? I skipped it. Emily sent, forwarded it. Listen. You're not I, reading the memos? I, I, I oh got a lot God. going on. No. <laughs> all right. Yes? So, <laughs> what's the name of the headphones guy that's killing everybody? Necros. Necros. Funny you should mention that. Because I have a pitch for a new name. For oh, him? I'm listening. I love a pitch. Go. So we've seen him as a runner. Yeah. Yep. We've seen him as a milkman. Yep. He's a nurse. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. a balloon man. He's hot stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like he has a number of odd jobs. <laughs> <laughs> what what are you what's, what are you gonna what are you about to pitch? I don't I don't, I don't know. So, I just feel like there's some way to make use of the fact that he is just constantly doing these, yeah, just like different types of careers and is a henchman. His name is Necros. He knows how to use a knife, so he's got a knack for Necks. That's true. 
You know, and I think whenever he's in a fight, he's on a top of them whole situation. That's right. Yeah. I think he should just be called Speedo. Or, Ran- <laughs> or Rando. Speedo. Sinewy. Speedo. Headphones. Get this done quickly. Um, but I... Okay, so the the plot to this movie very quickly. Let's just sort of try to digest it it's, as, as fast as we can. It's dense. A Russian is defecting. Or so MI6 thinks. And they're helping him. And they're helping him get out of... Uh, side, no, they're out of wherever the hell he's going out of. Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Uh, in order to do so, they have to stop uh, what is likely an assassination attempt because the Russians know he's trying to defect. James Bond stops the assassination attempt, escapes with the general. Uh, meanwhile, what we think are the Russians are trying to also get this defected general. So there's that whole situation. They do, and they get him. And they get him. Uh, it's an embarrassment to the force. MI6 is not happy about it. And James Bond goes after... Uh, Miriam Diabo because he she's the only lead that he has. Right? He finds out... Doesn't he find out first that... No. No, he doesn't. Yeah, I doesn't guess that's right. Doesn't he have right. to go kill... Uh, what's his name? G- General... Leonard Pushkin, G- John Ray Davies? Not yet. Not yet. You're right. So he follows the cellist he because... Follows he follows the ne- cellist because he needs information. Yes, and he gets her address and he waits for her. Yes. Uh, learns that Koskov bought the cello for her. Yes. Has Money Penny get on the trail? That turns out Brad Whitaker, the arms dealer, yes. actually paid for the cello. So now he knows they're in cahoots some way. Yes. And they are doing this together, not as Russians, to make the MI6 think the Russians have done this. Yes. Meanwhile, the Russians are buying arms from Brad Whitaker. Correct. But they're pissed because they've given him a down payment and he has not purchased the arms yet and what he's doing is instead purchasing diamonds he buys diamonds from austria to buy opium Opium. from afghanistan to true that he will then sell for a higher profit for a a huge profit Uh, and then his plan is to buy the weapons yes Uh, and then sell it to the russians but because pushkin is reneging on the deal yes they get they kill Saunders to push Bond to kill Pushkin because they're making it seem like Pushkin has initiated this Spionum death to yes. spies thing. And Bond figures this out, so they fake Pushkin's death to make Kru- yes. Koskov and Whitaker think mm-hmm. that their plan has worked. Yes. Thank God for James Bonding. This is what we need. <laughs> this is like a John Le Carre plot. No, yeah. this is the, this is sort of what I'm saying about this movie being so spy Yeah. 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 This I, is... There are a lot of twists I have, and turns. Seen, I have seen this movie, I swear, over 40 times. Yeah. And that... I, I know that makes a little bit more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> like I still, like, That's like what I, I'm saying. I'm yeah, still, thank like, God. We didn't even mention the opium until now. Yeah. It doesn't, it's still like I'm totally lost. Yeah. When the opium, co- totally when the opium comes into play in this, in the, in the third act of this movie. Two and a half hours ju- into the movie. You are just like, what the fuck is this all yeah. about? So yeah. do you think it's convoluted in a good way? Like a yes. good spy way? Me too. I do. Ultimately, I do too. but not on like the first 38 watches. Right. I mean, on yeah. paper though, like <laughs> this Absolutely. had to be like I, the size of the fucking cork board they were plugging these plots into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But I think this is probably at the height of Michael G. Wilson and Dickie Maybaum's like Dickie. Pa- power in that they'd been writing for a while and they're like, well, we're going to get a little bit more realistic. Let's do this. And they had some fun. And Cubby Broccoli was, I know you can probably speak to this, but he was, I've never he's n- near done with the Bond movies. Yeah. He's probably just making pasta his whole life at this point. <laughs> So there's probably some room in the sandbox for his stepson to play sure. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a kind of cerebral guy. And he probably, I bet you, if left to his own devices, this is the type of thing Michael G. Wilson would write every time. Uh, should we leave him to his devices then? I, yeah, Do you think I he's got another it's... one in him? Well, I think, yeah, he'll probably finish out with Craig. What I mean is, do you think, think he has another script in him? Oh, or do I you think he he's does. just like, no, I don't want to do it anymore? He probably thinks, my style of writing Bond is done. What? Well, where's Matt? Uh, he told me to tag out. He, he had to go to Walther PPK. What? Take a Walther PPK. What is that? That's how we say P on the oh. podcast. We say it's a Walther PPK. Because we routinely record so fucking long <laughs> that Matt and I both at some point have to go to the bathroom. Wow. What do you call a dump? <laughs> That's a P99. <laughs> Cutty gets later. I think P90X would be better. <laughs> Matt, I don't know if this is uh, this crossover is allowed, but how do you feel about squibs as plot devices? Love it, and I can probably name the movies that they're in as plot devices. This Go. one, FX, well, FX two in the name, FX two, the clown like, robot fourth, saves the day. Fourth season opener of the A team. Where they're going to get executed, yep. and the newest member of the A team, who's just in the last season, brings them blood packs in a hollowed out Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's probably some more. The Sting. No, what they use blood packs? <laughs> yeah, he's got the little like blood in his. Ma- I mean, it's not oh, exactly a squid. No, we're, we're not counting squibs. Wow. Squib. Wow. I mean, yeah. you're just getting out of hand here. Yeah, you're like a. You're just being like a fucking parrot that doesn't make any sense. Oh. <laughs> You're out of control. You're getting a demerit pretty soon. Seems so I'd be careful. Wow. Uh, a little punchy today. I'm sorry. Guys. <laughs> I was going to say, I listen day. to this show often and I'm honored to be here. But yeah, you're a little punchy. <laughs> <laughs> <There's> a... <laughs> As the weeks go on and I get more and more uh, tired, we're going to get a little more of the angry me coming out of this. All right. I love it. Oh, thank you. I think more. Yeah, sure. Well, we can't both be so lovey dovey. No, no. Roger right. more. Oh, nicely done. <laughs> The middle of this film does get a lot of plot twists and turns, and it's it's it does lose you a little bit in the middle there. I think maybe yeah. uh, nipple, full blown nipple. We see in this movie yeah. finally side nipple as a young as a young lad. This is a this is a delight from Pushkin's uh, woman. From Pushkin's woman. Uh, how did a... how did it go over in the theater with your parents? Um, we never addressed it. <laughs> to, still to this day. Probably, <laughs> um, but in 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 4K, it's just uh, it's there, so clear. Yeah. And as a young boy, my VHS was probably paused there almost as often as my Terminator VHS for Linda Linda uh, Hamilton's. Uh, you know, Yamilton. Yeah, she, she, she had her Yamiltons out. Yeah. Well, little Matt really enjoyed that part of the film. I did. Eh, you sure did. Yeah. Uh, I've got a gloft. 
Oh, I love this, and guys. Uh, this is a Gorley's Look Out for This. Mm. So on your next viewing of uh, Living Daylights, please uh, give a look out for this via Matt Gorley. This is one I'm positive we talked about the first time through on these films. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, it, for this reason, though, it's a Hall of Fame gloft. It mm-hmm. bears repeating. And that is, it's also a throwback to Thunderball because on the Thunderball missile and the heart container in this film, it says, handle like eggs. <laughs> Which is just a wonderful phrase. Wow. Handle like eggs. You gotta be handle careful. Handle like it. eggs. And handle like eggs. Handle like eggs. Handle likes eggs. You just have no idea how many weirdos you brought to climax <laughs> Oh, I know. <laughs> um Yeah, uh, it is interesting too, like the plot with Pushkin in and of itself, just his storyline of him trying to do all the double crossings and like, because at the point where he's going to buy the opium, he just pretends that nothing's happened, mm-hmm. and he comes to the base and and they how do they do that? They drug sh- they he gets her to drug Bond yes with the martini again. Coming into play huge here in this movie. Great acting. Uh, it, you know what? Part. It is yeah. as far as your great. as far as your yeah. I'm almost donezo <laughs> drugged acting. I've seen better. I've seen worse. It's right in the middle. Okay. The line that sticks with me the most is Whitaker saying, "You blew up a half a billion bucks." Yeah. But what is the response to that? I can never remember the response to that. Do you, Do you guys know? That, don't oh, do drugs bucks? no no bond says something right after he's like he's like when he blows up the plane it's kind of along right. lines of yeah yeah but, but yeah I, I did but i don't know exactly it's what does nice. he say i don't know i don't did you he could have been a rich thought, no you blew up half a billion bucks you could have been a smart rich man instead you're gonna be a poor, poor dead, dead one, one. Yeah. yeah that's it and okay. bond doesn't respond yeah i think that's when their final fight starts yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's pretty good i have a theory about this ending because when Koskov crashes into the pl- the plane and survives, it does that. Like it seems like the way they shot it, he was supposed to die there, and it would actually make more sense if he died there. Vaporized should have been because that's kind of turns out to be the climax of the movie. I used to always watch this film thinking, like the ending with Whitaker is supposed to be this bigger kind of thing, and that's why it feels anticlimactic. But that almost seems like it's intended to be an epilogue, and that yeah. the whole like. Afghanistan thing or wherever that's that is. That's how I read it. Yeah, but it never read that way to me originally. It's almost like a it's it's a it's very reminiscent of your henchman living out your outliving the villain. Yeah, but he's But Whitaker's not really right. the henchman. But so I was watching the Inside Living Daylights and they talked about how they had used who's it Malcolm Forbes's house for when they're all swimming mm-hmm. Brad Whitaker's mm-hmm. mansion and that he had little war soldier models and stuff. And they went, oh, we should use that. So it seemed almost like that happened mid-production and that the insert shot of Koskov surviving that crash seemed like it could have been a reshoot and they brought him back in the end where originally maybe he Mm. was supposed to die there and Whitaker was supposed to be the bad villain to go after either in an epilogue Mm. or the ending. And that actually feels like it would make a little more sense to me because it does feel weird that... This whole confrontation takes place with Whitaker, and then Koskoff just is there on the grounds, and they bring him in in the end and say, take him away in a diplomatic bag. It just, I don't know, it's weird. In a diplomatic, diplomatic bag. bag. 
it definitely feels weird that a plane crashes into a jeep and he's totally okay it feels like top or um what is uh what's the movie with val kilmer top secret yeah isn't there something where he keeps crashing into things or is that naked gun he keeps crashing into things someone does over and over and survives and keeps going and oh oj simpson and that's right oh yeah timely i love that Uh, movie I thought you could say I love that man. <laughs> I love the character of Nordberg. Yeah, <laughs> but it seems I can, comical. I can separate good the two. save. Yeah, <laughs> I love that Nordberg. That's what I think keeps this movie from being like a stellar Bond movie. Is I, the way I, this ending unfolds. I see that the end though with it in there is like that. That's too easy for Bond. Kind of like at the end of uh, Casino Royale when he's shooting uh, Mr. White. It's just like. It's well, like, as we learn, that's not the end of Mr. White. Right. I, but you know what I mean? Like, like he's there just to, like, wrap it up. And this guy's like, I'm a, sol- I'm a soldier military man. He's try- He has all his gadgets. But Bond, Bond's going to take care of this pretty It's not like Ed the big villain at the end. It's just kind of a fun little, like, wrap Yeah. I don't know why it never read to me that way for some reason. Well, it is. it does feel like the... Does Pushkin get killed right there or just taken away? You mean Whitaker? No, I mean Pushkin. Oh, Koskov. Koskov, I'm sorry. No, he gets taken away, but they insinuate they're going to kill right. him, right? Okay. Mm. Uh, the, right. I mean, I think they just fell too in love with the whole Napoleon complex Waterloo yeah. situation. Yeah. Mm. Right. Like, I really think that was a moment where Michael G. Wilson just was expecting to get an Oscar. <laughs> it's it is too bad because it does even for an epilogue it doesn't feel right and you're coming on the heels of this great fight on the plane with necros and i also that. don't buy that a man in such heavy body armor would would be that hurt by that statue falling on him yeah Unless that's another the way statue his is made of cobalt or depleted uranium his death like is it's not, ridiculous it's not good it's but not you're, good. you're mentioning it that that it's an epilogue but there's four or five endings to this movie yeah, yeah. it, it doesn't suffer like... from the casino royale yeah hey yeah. look at this ending hey look at this one 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 mm-hmm. but it does suffer from the yeah we could have tried we, we we're gonna wrap it up we're gonna wrap a little bit the more up movie is a we could have tried more yeah. the 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 plane stunt I thought that was awesome. I that's agree so yeah. all of that I that's really that cool. hanging and, onto that oh, opium yeah. net yeah and like yeah. that is just and when Necros when he's cutting his boot and Necros is holding on and you see this otherwise menacing harrowing man go like no 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 you actually another thing happens where you start like this guy has a little bit of humanity he really doesn't want to die and most of your henchmen in Bond films are just kind of cartoony but this guy you really feel like he doesn't want to die I would advise him in that situation to just simply reach two inches to your left and grab the netting instead of the shoe but still. <laughs> in the heat of the he- moment in a fight, really worried. Yeah. So, sometimes villains seem a little too like ready to die. He was yeah. like, "Wait, no. Oh, what did I? What life did I choose?" Yeah. Kind of thing. And for that reason, I think I have so many things I never done. <laughs> I think he's the best pseudo Red Grant of all the Bond movies. There's always like a like Nordic blonde thug guy. Yeah, and yeah. He, right, I would right. put him second. Would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, he really for me takes a place of like efficient KGB trained henchmen. 
Yeah, he's good. And I like that. I like the idea of a of a opposite number. Right. That is an actual villain. Because usually when we see the opposite number, it's uh, someone who's going to be helping Bond. Uh, right. So, I d- I d- yeah, Red Grant and, and Necros? Necros. How yeah. is his hair when he falls out? Is it really greased down like it is in the beginning, or is it kind of flowy? I can't. I, can't I think it's flowing because he's, he's now a stuntman. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 He has really transcended. He has really transcended henchman to become stuntman. Icarus. And hence he falls. <laughs> the the part I wanted to bring up earlier, and I was I, I think they were like pushing like to make uh, what's her name's character of uh, Kara like. Mary. Like, like, just in, independent in a way, or like, just show like she's a badass celloist or whatever, you know, and and <laughs> cello culture, and uh, cello culture. and I, I feel there was she's she she they're, they're trying to make her a, a, a this stronger figure, but then she's always like, James, where are you going, James? And I, and that's kind of a bummer. But that moment where she's like, aren't we gonna go help Bond when he gets trapped in the then she takes off with the gun and all those uh uh yeah all the we'll call them horsemen horsemen uh they were like no we can't go the snow leopard men that's the the, tribe the snow leopard no no the uh, the mujahideen yeah that tribe is like this they're called the the chief of the snow leopard yeah and the the head one is like no we can't go and she takes off like i'm a badass and i think i think in a meta sense, or like looking back at the filmmakers, they're they're trying to push this like let's 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 kind of bring up women here, and then he says women, uh, you know. But uh, then, but then I that uh, is like a fucking Bond says it. No, no, um, no Art Malik. Oh yeah, like yeah. oh, like. Uh, but then I was thinking, well, maybe it's him saying women. It, we wouldn't do anything brave if we weren't pushed by these strong women. I don't know. Something huh. to think about. I but I think... See, I was expecting a hearty laugh and a freeze frame. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Credits But I think you, you got a moment where they're like, let's give this woman... Let's empower this woman. And then they give the line to a guy, freeze frame, women. And I'm like, oh, man. Like, that just it, this that's 1987. They're just, we're, we're just not there yet. Yeah. You know? I, it, that line did stick out for me as well. Um, but also just the idea that these uh, devout Muslim men have a sense of humor about uh, <laughs> about this woman who has uh, is wearing pants. Uh, well, he went to Oxford. Yeah, no, he did. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, he these was probably in a bunch like, of Noel Coward plays. Let's. Uh, He's like, this is what they say in Oxford. <laughs> women. He probably played Lady Bracknell in Importance of Being Earnest. <laughs> he probably did. Um. <laughs> But I just feel like these other guys that he's with are just like they're like freedom fighters and 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 drug dealer like you know they're right. just trying to fucking live they're trying to survive right and like you're just like there's he's supposed to say women and then they're all supposed to be gung ho to like go save this British guy go when fight they have, a tank yeah let's go fight a tank we have our money yeah we can now live for a while longer and and build up the resistance but instead we're gonna uh, women. Well, Do you think when, you're right. when Art Malik Cameron Shaw was in Oxford doing theater, <laughs> he was part of the chorus that sang "Nobody Does It Better" ten years earlier in "The Spy Who Loved Me"? Yep, you're, yeah, you're yeah, right. It's a so. good bet. 
Yeah. I hope so. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about that tank horse battle. It's pretty good. All that all that stuff is good. It's 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 some good squib work on the ground. I mean, you know, I'm always whenever I see a tank and a horse, I'm just like, guys, that old trope. There's no way. It's a it's an old trope thanks to your 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 Indiana Joneses. Yeah. You know. But that's uh, two does it years best after two this. years after this. <laughs> oh boy. Perfects perfects the uh they did do a better job. They did. They what is it the first. Lion in the Desert, that Anthony Quinn film has a bunch of this. Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Does that have a tank? It's probably got a World War One train. Era tank. It's got a train and a what tank. Am I? Train Some and horses. Kind of Arabian. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Is that what they call Lawrence of Arabia fans? Arabian. 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 I don't know. Where's my Arabianiacs at? What? Let's rate this film. Oh, shall we? That's interesting. Uh. Do we shouldn't we allow the guests to do it? Yeah, let's let the guests go first. That's What's the scale? So the scale is a double O. Well, it's a triple O uh, to a double O seven. Okay, double O seven being the best. The best. Okay. And triple O the worst. Yeah. And what are we rating it against? Movies, James Bond movies, just other James, James Bond, Bond movies, movies. Yeah. or just yeah, like how if we much ranked it against other movies, we would oftentimes not crack five. That's not right. always right. true. Not always true, certainly, but very commonly true. Uh, I'd give it a, I'd give it a double O five, and and I think it's a double O four movie. But I have a soft spot for the Timothy Dalton uh, mm. Bond movies, and yeah. it gets that extra one. Hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. I. Yeah, I'm, I'm bouncing from 005 to 005.5, then back down to 004.5. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's say 005.2. I, I think... We've never had a point two. We've never had a point two. I <laughs> love it. Not even a point two five. I it's love it. I know. It's I a point scotch. two. There, uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's just fun. It's fun. Like, I don't know. Just... I, I like the time period set. I like the Czech Republic. I like Matt's favorite car, Gor- <laughs> or Moss' favorite car. Um, yeah, it has all the Bond like, um, of, you know, hits your buttons. Hits it, hits, the it hits the buttons, and then Timothy Dalton just pushes think, that think, rocket motor for I you. I think he's great and different, and you know, uh, uh, Brosnan was my first Bond, so he's kind of somewhere in between uh, Daniel Craig and, and, and Brosnan. Looks and acting wise, sure. I don't know. I just the whole movie as a whole. It, yeah, like Jeff said, it's not that great of a movie, uh, objectively speaking. But with all else considered, it's yeah, 005.2. <laughs> Matt, I, yeah, I give it a double five. I was gonna say, I, I think it's um, well, is, Daniel told us this was your favorite Bond film. Is that not true? Uh, it is, yeah. And you're just going double. But he can understand quality versus favorite. I think is what he's telling us. The fact that I've seen it forty times and I still don't know the plot <laughs> is why I'm giving it double oh five. It's my favorite Bond girl, as I said before. Uh, mm-hmm. The Diablo. Uh, cool haircut. Miriam, Mar- yeah, cool haircut. Great haircut. She's great. But I, it's I still don't get it. So double oh five. Yeah. It's a it's a confusing plot. It should have been a miniseries. 
you know? <laughs> it would be a good miniseries. Yeah. 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 You know what? There are so many, there are so many little spend a little bit more time. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ten yeah. episodes. God. Get oh, HBO that's to awesome. do oh, Wait yeah. a minute. Let's Guys, make it happen. I know what? I know the Bond franchise is looking to expand. And you that's you right. know a Diabo. I do. I know one. <laughs> That's so right. if they were to do a miniseries, would you cast a different James Bond for like a TV show miniseries? Yeah, miniseries? yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would we cast? Um, well, the TV show, I mean. <laughs> Steve Coogan? <laughs> Coogan would be great. I'd probably go that guy from Big Bang Theory. He's real funny. Parsons. Jim yeah. Parsons, yeah, uh-huh. sure. Yeah. He's very tall. Yeah. He really gets a lot of Emmys for a lot of things. Um... Uh, but I would have to say that this movie is has become more enjoyable over time. Uh, and for all its flaws, I, I think it holds your attention. Uh, it's it's a long Bond movie. It's a two-hour, ten-minute mm. Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it holds my attention the entire time, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a double oh five point five. If that fucking parrot did something. <laughs> We might be looking at a 006. Well, it doesn't matter because I'm going to give it a light 006. I really enjoyed this film. Wow. Mm. Um, it shot up. It, it's a light 006. It it's could be jumped, a 5.5. I think in my mind, in the rankings of all of them, it's jumped three places. Yeah, it's jumped up for me, too. Yeah. In fact, I was looking forward to watching this film, and I held off watching it knowing we'd be doing it for this podcast, but it's the one I've been wanting to watch a lot lately. Well, I'm glad we could get that in for you. Yeah. But, Matt, that brings us to the most important bit of business we do every other week, which is tell the audience at home what movie they'll be watching for the next uh, movie episode of James Bonding. And uh, I had the last. It is very. I was driving in, and I was like, "Wait, did I pick this or did Matt pick this?" Because we've just, we sort of have reversed each other. You took Tomorrow Never Dies, and I took Living Daylights. So yeah. I was just like, "What is in store for us next, Matt?" Well, I thought about this a lot today, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, I'm I'm jonesing to see From Russia with Love again. Mm-hmm. I'm jonesing to see You Only Live Twice again. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to revisit Spectre, but I kind of. I don't know how you feel, but I kind of want to approach the Daniel Craigs in order so we can see how they feel unfolding plot-wise. That's interesting. Whether we do them back-to-back is one yeah. thing, but that does bring me to my choice today, which is I'm going to say, let it ride. Let's do License to Kill and close out this Dalton <laughs> wow, duology. Wow, I did not nice. see that coming. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Wow. All let's right. see how these things pair together and his little moment in the let's Bond see, let's, sun. Let's, let's, uh, let's uh, hop in for the... Uh... Timothy Dalton duology bond anthology duology yeah. sure yeah yeah wow all right um guys you want to promote anything go for it <laughs> uh well superego is a podcast that existed just go on back to the archives that are available on stitcher premium and you can also find the Townland album on... God only knows. <laughs> Go to your Stitcher premiums. Use the promo code BOND. That's right. I want to promote this scotch. Uh, Matt and I have a band called Coromandels. It's pretty cool. With so uh, Joe Matt Plummer. Have a band. Yeah, it's for silly fun times. And Joe Plummer. And Joe Plummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not Joe the Plummer. Uh, you're wearing a Shins shirt. He was nice. in the Shins. Nice. Uh, uh, and also, uh, buy Tijuana Panther stuff. 
I want to promote uh, the Google search for Trabant's the car. <laughs> uh, just T R A B A N T. T R A B A N T. Have you purchased one? Thought about purchasing one? I have a model. I have about three models. Yeah, oh. like uh, from the Japanese market, where you can't get them over like here. A like a Tamiya, kind of eBay. Yeah, you know, die, die cast metal. Yeah, um, ones in the package still, but uh, they're bragging. they're great looking cars. I think we should pitch in and buy him one for probably a thousand dollars. We could get a you decent think? one, and then ten thousand dollars to get it over. Here. Yeah, well, we'll talk yeah. about logistics there later. There are a okay. few at the at the Vende Museum over in uh, Culver City. I know oh. that. There's oh. some- Matt. Have you given any thought what our next in between episode will be? Uh, you know, I was driving in today and I was thinking about it. We're going to get to some and of the outsider movie reviews, but you're out of town right now, so we got to yeah, wait till I you get back. But. I have got to say, I really thoroughly enjoyed our mailbag episode. I think our, our listeners did a great job I like that. that, too. Yeah, there were some great questions. There were things like asking us which which Bond movie we could survive if we had to live it. Uh, asking us things like... Uh, I mean, I, we just talked about how handsome some people were. It was a, it was a hoot. I you should go that. back and and listen to if that. You're jonesing for James Bond and and Matt and I's opinions on the whole thing. That's a great way to go. But I gotta say, this encounter with uh, John Reese Davies has really got me thinking that we might. We might want to dive into an Indiana Jones in the middle of this thing. Oh, and do so, comparisons? Yeah, we just had some horses and some tanks, and I, I I have this weird belief that the most enjoyably rewatchable Indiana Jones movie for me is The Last Crusade. <laughs> for me, it's Strangely Temple of Doom. I mean, obviously Raiders is the finest one, but I mean, there's a little part of me that thinks should we just do a Last Crusade? Talk about the Last Crusade and just see what that does, and call it Indiana Jonesing, call a it... spinoff of James Bond. Um, <laughs> all right, so I mean, we're listen, we're just throwing ideas. Yeah, out we there. we may or may not, but we that I think that's something we will we're gonna do very soon. I think yeah. at some point, yeah, and we'll get back to some more rankings because those are hot ticket I like items. Everyone loves a ranking. That episode. That's the the biggest one biggest out of the gate we've ever done. It's amazing. The cold open ranking. It's amazing. And if you haven't listened to James Bond by the numbers yet. Oh, Walt Hickey. Great. We we dive real deep. Have you ever ranked the knockoffs or gone over all the knockoffs? No, like, I mean, it's another... Kill and it's the, we're going to cover some of, of them, this, yeah. The beauty of us having to do 50 of these this year is that uh, there aren't that many James Bond movies. So we got to fill it. And the podcast is going to suffer in quality. Maybe you could explain some of the card games that they play in the movies, yeah. like in, in Goldfinger. Well, you know, like the big, go through the rules. The big slot machine rail. trade show was today in, 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 at the Sands Convention Center in Las Vegas. And boy, if they didn't debut uh, three licensed James Bond machines... We got ourselves a Goldfinger machine. We got a Diamonds Are Forever machine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We got a Casino Royale machine. Oh, with is, I suddenly, for the first time in my life, want to go to Las Vegas. I mean, it's... it's uh, So, the second those hit the floors, Matt and I will be there on the scene. Wow, that's a big promise. Are you kidding me? I have an idea for an episode as well. Are you? Do you drink these days or are you not mm-hmm. drinking? We should have... <laughs> 
<laughs> he said drooling. Mm-hmm. We need to have like a craft cocktail person come and make us a bunch of cocktails from the Bond films, and we get progressively drunk throughout the episode. Well, that's a great huge idea. numbers. That's how huge we. Numbers. That's how I got to know James Bond. Is we used to go over to Matt's house mm-hmm. in Long Beach, and we have uh, like uh, Bond Mondays or whatever. I, I remember that too. That was a very good time in Long Beach yeah. when we were. Su- I believe Matt was supposed to read every Shakespeare play and instead changed it to watch every James Bond movie. Well, that was the first time through 1990 High Five. But whatever drink was in the movie, like, uh, was Bud Bud Light or Budweiser in Diamonds Are Forever? No, uh, Red Red Stripe. Stripe. No, that's Dr. No. Yeah, I know. Uh, Oh, but but Diamonds Are Forever was Budweiser, I think we drank, because there was a lot of Budweiser and Doctor uh, Diamonds are. Forever. Let me tell you, nowadays you'd be drinking a lot of uh, Heineken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We well, slammed back mint juleps for Goldfinger. Gold yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't that, remember Goldfinger, but I remember the mint that's juleps. That's a fun idea. But yeah, go through each movie. How could drink. we see if we could get? We could have. Do you think we could do twenty-five cocktails? Drink twenty-five yeah. cocktails? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. What? At what point do you think we are? Like, what movie do we get to where we're like, we should stop recording? What's the second Doctor movie? No. <laughs> yeah. For me, yeah. Doctor Yes. I think, Doctor honestly, more, I, I think I could make it into Roger Moore. Well, I would make it. I would be for shit. But yeah. I, would, I would make Boy, it. Boy, this sounds like a uh, thing. And uh, as always, get a designated driver or take a Lyft or an Uber. Uh, don't drink and drive, kids. But, Use the uh, coupon code BONDING. Get your, get your drunk history buddies to come uh, for that episode. We should, because I actually had their, Eric Edelstein and Steve Berg, drunk history veterans, on. I was there, too, today to talk about Twin Peaks. And they would make a great guest for the show, so maybe we should have them on. Oh, no, Eric's not drinking anymore. This is the water. Yeah. This is the well. Drink force. All right. We got a lot of ideas, guys. We'd like to hear from you. What do you want to see from the next James Bonding uh, or, or these in-between episodes? Uh, if you have any ideas, let us know, and we'll hopefully get to everything. All right. James Bonding will return. James Bonding Podcast. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Jesus! I mean, (laughs) Jazos! Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.